This is the Aromatic Wisdom Podcast, episode 33. In today's show, I'm going to explain what is an essential oil GCMS report and why you really want to have one when you buy an essential oil, especially if you're doing medicinal or therapeutic blending. You're listening to the Aromatic Wisdom Podcast with your host, Liz Fulcher. If you're interested in learning about essential oils, hearing interviews with industry experts, and discovering ways to grow your own aromatherapy business, this is the podcast for you. For more information and show notes, visit the website at aromaticwisdominstitute.com. Now sit back, relax, take a deep breath, and enjoy as Liz shares a dose of aromatic wisdom. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for joining me for another week of the Aromatic Wisdom Podcast. And if you are listening for the first time, welcome. I hope you find some value here and um, that you come back. And of course, those of you who are my lovely, beautiful, loyal listeners who return every week and hear my episodes, I love you. Thank you so much for being here. I mean, you are why I do this. Well, that and try and shut me up. I've been doing this for so long. It's just part of my everyday language and part of my life. I've been working with essential oils and hydrosols and carriers and all of that for coming on 27 years. So I'm happy to be here and share it with you. So thanks again for for listening. So today is week two of a four-part series on essential oil chemistry. Week one was episode 32 and I talked about the essential oil chemical families and why you should familiarize yourself with them if you are going to be doing some blending. You know what I did not share with you last week? Um, A tool, a very very cool tool. I did put it in the show notes and I'm going to put it in the show notes again today, but I'm going to tell you what it is. If you go to pompeiorganics.com, Pompeii is spelled P-O-M-P-E-I-I, organics.com. And underneath the word shop on their navigation menu, if you click on essential oils, you'll see that you can actually search for essential oils by chemical family. There's also country of origin and plant part and properties, aroma, chakras and everything. But if you would like to know which essential oils, at least among the ones that are carried by this essential oil supplier, that's not my company. It is it is one that I use for my classroom. But this is one of the features of their website I love. So PompeiOrganics.com, under shop, there's a drop down menu. You'll see the word essential oils and you'll see you can search by plant or beg your pardon, by chemical family. And then when you hit, when you hit, when you click on chemical family, all of the chemical families come up. So there's monoterpenes, sesquiterpenes, monoterpenols, and so forth. So if you want an essential oil that is specifically high in monoterpenols, you click on that and it will take you to all the essential oils in that chemical family that she carries. I think that is a great tool if you are looking to blend from the perspective of one specific chemical family. If you want the qualities and the therapeutic, what am I trying to say, properties of one essential oil. So For example, aldehydes. Now, there aren't a whole lot of oils in the aldehyde family, but aldehydes are great for fungus. So if you really wanted to make a strong antifungal blend, you could click on aldehydes and see what oils. Or esters. There's a better better example. The ester chemical family, those, and I'm going to be talking about these next time, but the ester chemical families are great for, um, they're antispasmodic, the essential oils in the ester family are antispasmodic and very relaxing and calming. 
And if you want those properties from an oil, click on esters and see all the oils that are available for you to choose from. I did not mention that last week and I meant to, but I put it in the show notes and then I will put the link to that tool again in today's show notes. You can find today's show notes at aromaticwisdominstitute.com forward slash zero three three. All right, getting back to today's topic of GCMS testing. So before I get into the explanation of what it is, a little disclaimer here. This is hard to do by voice only. I have taught this often in every single essential oil class. I always make reference to GCMS reports and I and I only use oils that have been tested with GCMS analysis, but I and so I talk about it a lot, but I always have a visual aid. When I teach, I show the reports and that makes it a lot easier for people to get the concept. So bear with me while I do this by voice only. I may be reading a few things and I am going to put a link to some pictures so that you can see those in the show notes. In fact, I did a blog post, gosh, 2012, I think, called Are Your Essential Oils GCMS Tested? And I have a lot of pictures in there of the report, so that'll help. So let's start with what does GCMS actually mean? GCMS is short for two types of tests gas chromatography and mass spectrometry. It's a way of separating the volatile compounds in an essential oil into individual components. So that's kind of the definition. I like to start with kind of definitions. So essential oils are volatile, which means they they evaporate. And as the volatile or evaporating compounds are going up into the air, this machine captures them, separates them out, and we can see what the individual components are in an essential oil. So why do we do this? Why do we even want to separate out the compounds? Because then we know what the heck they are. We can identify the chemical compounds in that oil. And, you know, I've said before over and over again, I'll say, I will say it again, everything that we say about essential oils in terms of their therapeutic properties, their medicinal value, and safety issues all comes down to chemistry. It isn't something that's just made up. There's no opinion, it's just science. So when we can identify the chemical components of an essential oil, then we can identify the therapeutic benefits and and of course the safety issues. So let me start by saying that GCMS technology is not exclusive to essential oils. It's a very sophisticated kind of technology that's used in a lot of industries. I mean, every episode of CSI has them testing blood with a GCMS technology. It's used specifically in analytic chemistry when they want to separate and analyze any kind of compound like in blood and urine and like for drug testing and so forth. So it's not just us in the essential oil world that use them. It's just a marvelous piece of technology that we have found really helps us in um, understanding our essential oils. So there are two computers that are used. So I'll explain the two computers and kind of what they do. So the first is the GC gas chromatograph. This computer produces a linear graph that charts the individual components. You might have seen one where it looks like peaks and valleys. Every of those, every one of those peaks represents a component in that oil. Then the mass spectrometer identifies what those peaks are, as well as how much, the percentage. This information is then printed out onto a GCMS report with all the main components of an oil. It's all going to be listed on there right down to the trace components. 
kind of depends on the lab. Some laboratories give very specific, like right down to to the tiniest little bits of trace. Others just give primary constituents. It's really becoming the industry standard, I dare say even the gold standard in the essential industry for suppliers to provide these results to their customers. For one thing, the suppliers, you know, they want to know what they're selling. They want to make sure that they are selling pure essential oils that have not been adulterated. And they also want to know the value of what they're having for their customers who do therapeutic blending. So, you know, a supplier may get a batch in that is really high in a specific component and they can tell their customers, hey, we just got this new batch of essential oil in. It's extremely high in, um, it's very rich in the ester molecules. Therefore, if you blend for antispasmodic purposes, this is a fabulous oil. So it's, it's a great tool for suppliers to understand their products and even from a marketing point of view to be able to properly sell um, their essential oils to the right market. People who are really interested in knowing what the components are and understanding the chemistry. So how much does it cost to have an essential oil tested? I've had a lot of students say, oh cool, I'm going to take my 15 mil bottles and I'm going to have them tested. You might want to think again, it's not cheap. It's not um, ungodly expensive. It's about $100 for an oil. So if you have a lot of small bottles of essential oil, it's really not worth it. If, on the other hand, you are a supplier who purchases in large quantities kilos and kilos of essential oil, absolutely it's worth it. So $100 isn't that much if you're buying, you know, gallons and gallons of, of an essential oil. They don't need much. Only about a milliliter gets sent in, and then I think they only use like probably like a drop in the machines. Sometimes an essential oil supplier will charge a tiny bit more for their essential oils to reflect this test, rightly so. They are paying for the test, as well as putting them on the website. Again, it's not enough to do the test. I think a supplier should indicate the results of the test on the website. So all you have to do is go into, go to a website, click on lavender, and see the most recent batch of lavender and what the chemical constituents are. I don't think that that should be a trade secret or proprietary. Every customer has the right to know what they're buying. I find it unfair if you have to purchase an X amount of essential oil to get this report. It um, That just feels kind of unfair to the customer. If I want to compare two or three batches of, say, black pepper, because I really want a lot of beta-caryophylline for a pain blend, why do I have to buy the oil first? Why can't I just see what the components are? So I think this all comes down to the big T, transparency. Work with essential oil companies that are transparent, that will tell you or give you access to the GCMS reports before you spend any money so that you can, in fact, see what the oil is made of. Also, I'm not sure if I've been clear about this. This is um, batch-specific testing. I don't mean get a, uh, a bunch of lavender in January and then we put a report on the website and that's kind of a general representation of all of our batches. No, 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 no. I think every single batch should be tested. And there's a reason for this. The, um, the oils can change from batch to batch. So let's use wine as an example. We all know there, there are different parts of the world that are known for producing the best wine, like Northern California, France, Italy. Soil and weather are going to affect the plant, which then affects the grapes. The plant is just producing different compounds to adapt to the conditions around it. And some conditions are really ideal for grapes or for essential oils. 
So sometimes we want compounds that are produced in a plant that come from a specific country. I'm going to give you an example of like helichrysum. Helichrysum italicum, it's an amazing essential oil, and it's usually grown in two countries for commercial use, Corsica and Croatia. The helichrysum that is grown on the island of Corsica has a unique profile, a chemical profile. It has a large percentage of ester compounds. And esters are, as I've said earlier, they're relaxing, they're antispasmodic. And therefore, if you want an oil that has specific compounds, as are produced in that um, essential oil, then you're going to want to get helichrysum italicum grown in Corsica. And those things are usually, well, they should always be indicated by the supplier, or they should be able to tell you that. Now, the helichrysum that is grown a thousand kilometers away in Croatia has a whole different chemistry. The, there's not quite so many um, esters, but it has a lot of ketones and sesquiterpenes, so it's good for pain and skin care. There's helichrysum italicum, the same plant, but has two different chemical profiles because of the soil and the environment where, they, where they're grown. You'll see this with Bulgarian lavender versus French lavender with rose grown from in Turkey, rose grown in France. It's not bad. It's not good. It's just chemistry. It's just showing you what the components are. And therefore, you know what to do with the oil because you see what the components are. And of course, we know all this because we have the report, the GCMS report for every single oil. Once you have the report, you know what to do with the oil. It's um, whenever I'm faced with an unfamiliar oil, if for some reason I, um, I don't know, I hear about an oil and I don't know much about it, the first thing I want to do is look at the report. I want to know things about the oil before I even smell it. In my um, aromatherapy certification program, as part of the final exam, my students, are, they receive two GCMS reports, which spell out the chemical families as well as the molecules in each of those families, but they don't know what the oil is. I cross that off. You know, I, I uncover that. I cover that up. And what they need to do is to tell me the um, safety issues surrounding that oil and two therapeutic benefits. The students can do this because they've learned about the chemical families and they've learned about specific components within those families. So they can look at a GCMS report and boom, they already have a snapshot about the oil without even knowing what the oil is. In week three of my aromatherapy certification program, I take my students to the Pompeii Organics Company and they get a private tour of the facility. They get to see things like the kitchen, the cold room, a lot of the things that customers normally don't get to see. And either Jessica or Kelly, um, Kelly Conrad, who is the manager of the store, will explain to the students how the GCMS reports are done. It's so fascinating. And there's even a section of the cold room where the oils are stored where it's, it's a small shelf and it's just like oils that are waiting for reports. So they won't even sell an essential oil until they have the report back from the chemist. Lots of integrity in that company. When an essential oil supplier receives the GCMS report from the lab, it's not formatted in any way. It is a long list 
with the highest amount of a component at the top all the way down to the, the smallest amount, to the trace amounts at the bottom. So the supplier receives this and they know which components they're the most of and which there are the least of. Some suppliers, I know of about five off the top of my head, will take this information, format it into chemical families, and they'll show you all the components from that list in the monoterpene family and all the components in that list on that list in the sesquiterpene family and so forth. So that is the kind of report I love to look at on a website where I can just look at it and immediately see which chemical families are the most in that essential oil. Makes life a lot easier for those of us who are using the essential oils for therapeutic blending. Recently, one of my graduates of the ACP, Kathy Higgins, wrote to me on Facebook and said, Liz, is it true that they can alter the essential oil reports, that these GCMS reports can be fiddled with? I don't, I've never seen an example of that, but I don't see why not. This is where transparency becomes really important. You know, there's no one regulating what we do in this industry. Anything can be altered, in theory. Essential oils can be adulterated. Essential oil reports can be fiddled with. You know, certificates can be made up. If there's no one controlling what we're doing, we have to control ourselves. And one of the best ways to do that is to know your source. Know who you're working with. Ask questions. Get answers. I just want to back up one second. So adulteration... I think most of you probably know what it is, but if you don't, it refers to the practice of cutting essential oils with less expensive oils. Sometimes a synthetic chemical is going to be added to an essential oil uh, to extend it. Sometimes something is sold as an essential oil is 100% synthetic. Uh, chemicals often don't, they're odorless or they're made to smell very similar to the essential oil. That's called uh, nature identical. So you can't always depend on your nose to tell you if an oil has been adulterated. That is for sure. I, when I was at uh, Purdue University, we had, I did an essential oil program there. There were 17 of us in the class. We were all new essential oils really well. And we had to smell, I don't know, about six bottles of lavender and determine which was the one that had synthetic linalool in it. And none of us, none of us could do it. Afterward, we smelled the component the isolate linalool by itself, it was a synthetic, and then I could smell it in the oil when I went back and smelled it. But I tell you, it's very easy to fool the nose with chemicals. Um, any chemist who's got GCMS technology and a nice database can identify if an oil is adulterated. So work with a good chemist, get your oils tested. Uh, if you're, you know, if you're using an essential oil for medicinal or healing purposes, you've got to have Work with essential oils where every batch is tested. It really, really is important. And by the way, adulteration doesn't usually happen at the level of the distiller. There are farmers that are very proud of what they do. You know, they're hardworking. They, they usually harvest the plants. They, they don't have time to be fooling around with synthetics. Usually that happens once it leaves the distiller and it goes to the middle people or the distributors who sometimes cut the essential oils to add their synthetics and so forth again to extend it it's all it's all about money that's the bottom line it happens a lot more than people realize in the essential oil industry and it makes me very sad again why you need to know your source know who you're working with make sure that they can tell you anything you want to know about the oil so that's what a GCMS report is GCMS analysis GCMS report GC technology Hopefully you have a better understanding of what all of that means now.
And now we've reached the point in the podcast where I like to share some way in which I use an aromatic in my life. In the past week, I call this Smell My Life. I've been using a lot of hydrosols. In fact, I use the central oils and hydrosols every day, but I'm on a real hydrosol kick. And I last week I shared how I used lavender in my hair. This week I'm going to share about how I use frankincense. Frankincense is a huge, vital part of my skincare routine. Not that I'm a big into, I mean, I'm not like one of these like 14 steps, takes 20 minutes at night. No, 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 no. I do three things like clean my face, use um, frankincense hydrosol, and put a moisturizer. And the frankincense hydrosol has the most amazing uh, tightening effect on my skin. Now I have, you know, I'm over 50 and my skin is shows signs of, of it. And um, the biggest thing I've noticed with getting older is my pores getting are getting larger. And I have found that when I spray my face with frankincense hydrosol, Within 15 minutes, as soon as it's dried, I immediately see a difference in my face. The skin is more refined. My pores are tighter. I love the way my face looks. And when my students come for class, one of the things I do in class, because it's so interactive and hands-on, and because I'm always, I never know quite what I'm going to do in a class, usually I'll pull out a hydrosol randomly and say, hey, everyone taste this. Hey, everyone put this on your face. And I always make sure that my students experience frankincense hydrosol on their skin. And then I give them a mirror or have them go in the bathroom and look because they can really see a difference right away. You can get the frankincense hydrosol at, well, lots of places, but I'll tell you, and I keep forgetting to say this in every episode, I'm going to try and remember, if you um, want to buy your frankincense hydrosol at pompeiorganics.com, you'll get a 15% discount if you mention this podcast, not mention it, if you put a code in the um, checkout. Right. So the code is all lowercase podcast 18. That's it. Podcast 18. When you go to checkout from pompeiorganics.com, actually, you'll get a 15% off whatever's in your order, essential oils or hydrosols. So there you go. Another thing that I wanted to share with you, because I've had people ask me, I guess it was two or three episodes ago, I shared how I'm doing the ketogenics. I don't even like to say I'm doing it. I'm eating in a new way. And so since November, I have eaten, um, I've had no sugar and no grains. I've eaten um, in an incredibly healthy way and have found my, well, my skin does look different. My brain is so much sharper. I have a much more energy. I feel pretty amazing. And I've dropped 18 pounds. So for those of you that have inquired, thank you for asking. And yeah, it's going great. I feel amazing. And finally, I'd like to ask all of you, if you haven't done so, can you pop on over to Facebook and visit the Aromatic Wisdom Institute Facebook page? So the address for that is uh, facebook.com forward slash Aromatic Wisdom Institute. Of course, you know, I'll put a link in the show notes. And if you just go in and say hi and ask me a question, say hi, tell me where you're from, tell me you've heard me on the podcast, just let me know you're there so I can connect. And while you're there, don't forget to click like on the page that helps people find the Aromatic Wisdom uh, Facebook page. If you'd like to check out the show notes from today's episode, go to aromaticwisdominstitute.com forward slash 033. I hope to see you here next week for episode 34, where I'm going to be doing a deep dive 
into five essential oil chemical families. Until then, be happy, be well. Thank you.